1: 1999 podcast like it. You want a podcast like it? Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it? Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999.
2: 1999. Podcast like it? You want a podcast like it's 1999? Hello and welcome to. Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we look back at the last 52 episodes of Podcast Like It's 1999 from our seats here in the house at Dorothy Chandler Pavilion (laughs) for our annual Annual. 52 in Review
3: review, podcast
2: like it's 1999 awards and celebrations of the films of 1999 that the podcast has done in the last 52 weeks. One caveat, we've only done fifty-one films. Did you notice that?
3: Yes. So we've well, only
2: done 51 films, but it is 52 episodes, not included bonuses. Yep. That sounds fair. And right. yeah. um we just wanted to take a moment, look back at what we've accomplished. Accomplished. <laughs> um and what other people have accomplished. What other people have and what we've accomplished talking about other people's accomplishments. And uh and kind of, you know, kind of kind of it's a state of the podcast type situation. Yeah. So we have some awards for you. We have we have a lot of awards. We have some recastings. Mm-hmm. We have some bests and worst, which I guess also falls into the category of awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some you know kind of general conversation about the year. So
3: we thought it was an opportunity, yeah. To and and just to, I mean just to be very clear, these are just the movies we've covered. So we'll be doing our top tens and our best pictures and best actors and all that sort of stuff, but only for the fifty-one films that we have covered thus far.
2: Fifty-one films that we have covered. Um, Phil, do you have any general thoughts
3: before we do it? Thoughts about the year, thoughts about <clears> the <throat> podcast, things we could approve improve upon? Well, we would love to hear your thoughts. If you guys have uh, thoughts, please, you know, post reviews or tweet at us or anything like that because uh, you know, we'd love to, you know, be better at this if Engage we can be.
2: Engage socially. We really want to we, ha- we don't have Especially a ton of friends. Kenny, Kenny loves to tweet
3: people. Well, so I, mean, I, mean, I do. It's... I tweet all the time when,
2: <laughs> when people tweet at me.
3: <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's funny going over these and, <clears throat> excuse me, and picking these awards winners or whatever you want to call it, uh, the breadth of what we've covered just in 2018 or, you know, in a little bit of 2017 uh, is kind of incredible to me. Like it's it's just, I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but the year just had so many great, interesting some bad movies, some interesting films. Just mm-hmm. the, the breadth of it is really interesting to me. And and even just in the 51 films from Austin Powers and Show Factor to Talented Mr. Ripley and Eyes Wide Shut, the, the, we really covered the gamut. Um, so I'm excited to to dive into them.
2: Me too. Um I, I just in terms of our podcast, the way we've generally chosen what movies to do mm-hmm. is uh we did the first, I think eight or ten. Um, just things that we thought would be fun, cool, and interesting to discuss. And we wanted to show the breadth you're talking about to some extent. So we did, you know, we started with eyes wide show, went to wild, wild west, you know, the highest and the lowest essentially. Um, and we went to go and we went to Ripley. And I think that kind of pushes out the sides of the show, uh, sides of the year, deep blue sea. I, we really tried to hit those in the beginning. Then we left it up to our guests yep. mostly. Yep. And if we had a guest that we wanted on and they had a movie they wanted to do, we allowed that guest to kind of do that movie. And, what I've noticed is...
3: <laughs> that our guests had very eclectic taste. Well,
2: I would, I would disagree with you. <laughs> oh, wow. To some extent. We did, manage to co- we did manage to cover almost every teen movie that came out that year. So our guests... Interesting. Seemed to gravitate towards teen movies. Like, uh, we did 10 teen movies. We did Go. Oh. We did American Pie, Dick, Idle Hands, Varsity Blues, 10 Things I Had About You, Cruel Intentions, Never Been Kissed, Jawbreaker. Dropped a gorgeous version of Suicides. She's all that and Outside Providence, which actually 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Not good at adding uh, and counting. So we did 13 teen movies. And the only ones that we have left that I can think of are obviously Election. Drive me crazy. We've drive me crazy. Which, I
3: mean, Ashley Lyle and Melissa Laura speak very highly of.
2: Um, there is a case to be made that a movie we'll be doing very soon mm-hmm. is a teen movie, Superstar. Yes even though it's not played by teenage it is characters not by teens. Um, they are
3: they are playing teen characters it is a teen movie you know it's 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 it is
2: it is a coming of age mm-hmm. uh i mean it's a spoof but it's a coming of age um yeah. high school movie ish and then um some of our guests gra- gravitated towards you know kind of the prestige movies that mm-hmm. made you and i want to do that through this sure. year and basically those movies i think were you know eyes wide shut ripley american beauty for better or worse which we all did which you and I Green did Mile. ourselves. Green Mile, Straight Story, yep. Anna and the King, or Movies, that try, movies that try to Be prestige: <laughs> Boys Don't Cry, Bringing Out the Dead, Virgin Suicides, I, I counted on both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Any Given Sunday, Sixth Sense, Music of the Heart, All About My Mother.
3: Yeah. And they also put life here. I mean, life is an outlier in a bunch of ways. Yes. And I, what, it's a, I, have, I have one of those. I have a, a nomination for, for life. I
2: do too. Yeah. I, do I wonder too. if
3: it's the same one. Gotta be uh
2: <laughs> maybe <laughs> gotta be so i think that's where a lot of the um a lot of the guests landed and then there were a few movies you know that, that really i think were, more than anything were the reasons that this podcast excited us mm-hmm. were what i would call the trailblazers yeah um and obviously there's you know matrix and fight club and those run, movies and coming run. up but run little run is absolutely a trailblazer um blair witch yep. absolutely yeah yeah Um, Boys Don't Cry. I think Mm -hmm. Cruel Intentions. I think is a trailblazer. Um, and Existence movie. I didn't love. Definitely a trailblazing kind of movie. Yeah. I also honestly think Straight Story is a bit of a trailblazer.
3: I totally agree. Yeah. I I mean, I think for especially for Lynch. I mean, it was him stepping outside of an element of his comfort zone and doing something that that I that I feel like he hasn't done before. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 been it's been a it's been a wild ride for fifty two weeks or so so i i mean i'm i'm excited to just kind of dive in i don't know if you why don't, do we want to start with our top tens do we want no to, we'll do no? top 10 last so okay. that's
2: our best picture top th- those are our nominees
3: okay and then number one i didn't know that that was what we were doing okay because oh. i have a best picture nomination of five nominees that's
2: different from your
3: that's different from my top ten so oh, top
2: 10 is favorite and best picture is best yeah. picture i can do that on the fly okay i can i can, okay. I can handle this. so why don't we
3: okay uh well what do you want you want your best picture first then no okay
2: let's uh, let's do the ones that aren't we're doing this on the fly guys <laughs> let's do the ones that aren't oscar nominations first
3: okay cool yeah let's do it yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. Fair, fair enough
2: uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go right ahead let's do something a big portion of this podcast a yes. big notion of this podcast is what age the best and what age the worst
3: okay let's do that yeah
2: um i okay and I, I generally put two or three for most of these. I can't really oh, I, help okay. myself. Okay. Um what would you say aged the best though? The best aged? Yeah. I think Ed TV. Ed TV was on, on my list as well. <laughs>
3: believe uh, it or not. I, I feel like Ed TV is a movie that just rings so fucking true now. Like totally. at the at the time. I mean, as we obviously talked about in our episode, but it it's just I don't know. It just it, it, it's It just works better now, mm-hmm. and I thought it worked pretty well back in the day. But now it just has a whole new level of of, especially in, you know, a, a, in the the post Trump world of just sort of the manipulation of the media and and all of that sort of stuff. It feels like obviously, TV isn't <clears throat> making that argument necessarily politically, but just reality TV and and how it has sort of seeped into our DNA. Uh, it, it, I think that movie is just. Very prescient.
2: I, I mean, I agree. I, the the other one I put mm-hmm. was the last movie we did of the year, all about my mother.
3: Oh, sure, that's a really good yeah. one. I think that's all about my mother's, um, which is coming up in a couple weeks, guys. So.
2: No, pro- it's not. It'll be the last one before this. That's oh yeah. Right the, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Um, that was last week. guys. Like, yeah, um it was the last one we did, yeah. and I, uh, I think, I, I think it. it's, I think it's world view matches. I agree the that. world's view. Yeah. Uh, at least progressive America's view of the world right now. And it didn't back then.
3: Yeah, I, it's it's funny, you know, um, and we discussed this a little in the episode, but that movie I had seen in 99, and I remembered it and I liked it. Um, but to watch it now, to your point, with just sort of, the whole, the whole transgender movement, all of it, it just really sort of really changed that movie yeah. in so many ways for me. Um, well, what just, is age the worst for you? I have
2: a feeling we might have the same one. I mean, American Beauty. Oh no, no, not American Beauty. American Beauty is the winner on another worst for me.
3: Oh well, um,
2: uh, I put Green Mile.
3: Oh well, I didn't, I didn't like it in '99. So it, 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 I mean, it, it certainly got worse. But I'm not sure that I, I, I had a problem with it back in '99.
2: I guess I so. I, I, we might be conflating two things because there's okay. also we're also going to come up on most problematic
3: yeah most problematic is where i i also have american beauty so american beauty <laughs> hands down was the answer for me too yeah but I, I you know i'm I'm gonna american beauty is complicated and we're i think we're i think it's going to come up a fair amount at least it's going to come up a little bit for me
2: it comes up too. a little for
3: me it's I, I, I pretty so, much
2: memory wiped that
3: yeah uh well okay let's I, talk I, about it let's, let's yeah i i think that you know, we talked about this a little bit on the episode, um but again, as everybody knows, that episode dropped or we recorded that episode prior to the allegations against Kevin Spacey. So now looking back on this movie, it's impossible really to watch that film through a lens or to you know post Kevin Spacey's sort of allegations and meltdown in his career. So for me, that's aged poorly. I would also say that contextually the lolita-esque kind of thing at the center of that film um doesn't age well either
2: your second point is my first point
3: yeah that's really what i think aged poorly i mean
2: it's nobody it's nobody's fault in who were who were involved with the making of american beauty that the star happened to kind of be a sexual predator (laughs) um no one knew that or maybe they did but that's not really the point um but they did know that the subject matter they were working with was kind of a third rail and attitudes have changed significantly on that kind of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, you know, back in 1999, I don't even think the term male or toxic masculinity had entered the zeitgeist. And now it is prominently a part of our zeitgeist. And I think, um, I think American beauty is definitely the answer just to throw a couple more, uh, just a couple more out. American Pie stage, uh, yeah, has, has become very choice. problematic. Music at the Heart, I think, was pretty pro- problematic. <laughs> uh, Green Mile, I think, is pretty pro- problematic, and, and the has to be said, even though it's a adorable movie, never been kissed. Yeah,
3: yes, yeah. i I've, never been kissed. To me, exists sort of in its own little sort of magic realism, almost fantasy world that I don't take as much umbrage with it. And and to be honest with you, it's kind of one of the things that I, it was what I was going to kind of bring up on, on the American beauty side of things too, which is that that film exists in this sort of, it has hints of magic realism. You know, Alan Ball doesn't go as far as he continues to go in his career with that notion. So to me, it's like the talks of masculinity I agree with, but there's elements of sort of odd, Wish fulfillment and daydreaming and fantasy that's folded into that, which again, I don't think in takes, American Beauty. Yeah, in American Beauty. Um, that I think certainly doesn't take the stink off of it entirely, but it makes the film a little bit more palatable for me. And it makes me still able to enjoy the film in a way that if the film was a straight, like music of the heart, which takes itself very, very seriously and plays it totally straight, doesn't handle its social issues particularly well. Whereas American Beauty feels like it's this it's more of a microcosm, it's more of a commentary, it's more of a it's almost sort of a do you sort of know what I'm getting at? Like I I I don't know. I'm not making excuses for the film because I do have issues with it, obviously. And it it is my unfortunately my most problematic as well and, and it has not aged well. But I still have a love for it that I can't kind of shake.
2: I think, um Yeah, I hear all that. I think I think music of the heart's no pun intended heart is in the right place. Yeah. And I think American beauty's heart American beauty's fucking id is in the (laughs) wrong place. Like it's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to, to express exactly what I mean, but basically I walked out of the the rewatch of American beauty confident that the argument is care less, fuck more, do drugs, um, treat, uh, basically, act like yourself when you were eighteen, including having sex with high school girls, and you'll be a happier guy. And I didn't.
3: Can I just yeah. respond to that really quick? I, I think that I would agree with you, but then I would also say that the end, the very last image of Lester Burnham is him looking at a photo of him of his family, and his final moments are. Uh, you know, a, 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 a montage of him remembering moments from his life and how lucky he is to have lived that life. But I didn't get the impression that he felt like he only wanted to live his life in one gear at 18.
2: A life he completely threw away and he did it. He completely threw it away and he didn't kill himself. He was killed. So it's just a coincidence that he happened to, but, he, he he You see what I'm saying? But yeah,
3: but you were also making the leap that he wasn't that that he was unchanged by what transpired, and that had he continued to live, he would have kept living the life he was living as as a as a pseudo 18 year old. And I don't agree with that. He had a lot of work to do. I'm not saying because, he did, but I think he because he, he destroyed
2: a, his family. His daughter was leaving. Remember, his daughter was leaving town. His marriage was basically over.
3: Like, but I, I I my point is the character had an epiphany and the character learned something at the end. And whether or not. He moving forward was a changed man, we will never know. But I think that I, I'm choosing to believe that he had an opportunity to to, to turn it around. Let's put a pin in this. <laughs> we should um, talk about American Beauty for an hour Because we could go for a while know, we on American yeah, we but, a lot of, but we, a lot of
2: words. But we, we should yeah. put a pin in it and, and remember yeah. that there's more to talk about with this movie. <laughs> um yeah. and it may come up again. Phil Yes. Do, you, do you have any take on the worst fashion of 1999? I do. I, is it it's the a, same as that I? Have? I
3: don't know if it is. Go ahead. Um, I have a love hate relationship with the fashion and go. Interesting. It's Inter- interesting. Um, it, it it it's trying so hard to be cool and hip. And I think it was in '99. Like mm-hmm. I look at Sarah Pauli's like leather jacket and the that, way she dresses. That is cool. And I'm like, she's cool. I I you know that leather jacket I think could still fly today. But then I think about some of the clothes in the Vegas sequence that those guys are wearing, yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, like just what uh what Brecken Meyer is wearing in that movie. that's a gr- this is a great great answer, <laughs> much better than my answer. my answer's boring so but yeah, so i i it's it's I have a complicated uh feelings about my about the fashion and go
2: my fashion, my worst fashion was the tie, <laughs> but they were for the same pair of pants. <laughs> Worn by James Vanderbeek in oh, sure. Varsity Blues, sure. who then gave those pants to Kieran Culkin, who wore them in. She She's all, all that. that. Those pants, I, yeah, those are, those, you know those, the pants I'm talking about. pants, yeah. Yeah. Those pants these, are terrible. These pants, these pants look more like sheets. Sheets. <laughs> they look. <laughs> they, they look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah.
3: really, really bad. Um. So that yeah. The what was your choice for best song? Best song? Yeah.
2: Well, I found best song to be kind of difficult, to be honest.
3: I mean, there was one obvious choice for me, which this, is deepest, bluest, my my hottest. Like oh, do you,
2: see, mine... <laughs> Mine was difficult because it was, I liked Deepest Bluest, but I had to go with wow Wild Wild West. Oh
3: sure, wiki, 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 Wickle 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 w- w- West. Yeah, there's really no choice. Yeah, I mean those are the, clearly the two the best. The two, <laughs>
2: I mean, I, you know, I feel bad for Melissa and Karim because "Music of the Heart" is such yeah, a great song, it's but not. it's such a bad song. A bad song. And <laughs> and you'll be in my
3: heart and all the hard yeah. songs, but it's wickle, 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 wickle. <laughs> Which, by the way, wickle, like wickle, no wickle. one knows anything else from that song. Wic-o, wic-o. It's just no. they know how it West, starts.
2: James West. Desperado. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could have kept going. That's actually as much as I
3: know. Uh, wic-o, wic-o. Best scene sequence. I had a bunch. I only have one.
2: I had a bunch. I got if, one. Yours, if yours isn't my number one, we may not be friends, but I'll throw some out. Actually, I think I know what yours is. I'm positive I know what yours is. Can I guess? Sure. Samuel Jackson's death in Deep no. Blue sea. What is it? It's the bedroom scene in Eyes Wide Shut. The bedroom scene in Eyes Wide Shut? It's a great answer.
3: That, I mean that's there's no question. Great answer. Mind. Great answer. It's just like it it's yeah, you know, I could I I could it it's it's the movie. You know what I mean? Like if you'd only watch one scene from that film, that's it. And it's a it's a it's a fucking great scene.
2: All right. Anyway. Mine is um Mine's the final reveal in Sixth Sense. <laughs> sure. The final reveal uh, in yeah. Sixth Sense is one of the most important filmic moments in my life I so can't, i can't argue that um that i loved i'll throw i, I threw out a bunch more that yeah. i just yeah. love uh bittersweet symphony and cruel intentions. cruel intentions sure um i love the final chase in notting hill specifically the wheelchair part where he won't leave oh, her makes me cry every time
3: um every fucking time yeah
2: i just welled up thinking about it i just it. i'm like how does that oh, it's crazy All oh right. the opening credits of go i think are yes legendary sure sam's death and Samuel Jackson's yeah, I, dad. I can't believe I,
3: I didn't think of that. Well, I mean, but you it, thought it, of it the best back,
2: fucking scene of all time. It comes so. back
3: later for me.
2: Um, I'll throw out another random one. Yeah, the final fight in Ravenous with Guy Pearce and Robert Carlisle. Ravenous
3: even, came up a bunch for me as I was doing these. It's I only too. gave it one nomination, but it it, it really uh, came up. Uh, but it's, it's the same fun. one. Maybe um,
2: maybe. And then uh, and then just to totally undercut my anti American <laughs> Beauty um, yeah. thing. The one scene I still love and will forever love in that movie mm. is uh, the Don't Let It Bring You Down scene with um, Kevin Spacey, Manny Subari, when they actually almost do it. Oh, you're talking so about she the puts Annie Lennox. On, she puts on the Annie Lennox, Don't Let You Bring It Down. That song is one Amazing. of my all-time favorites, favorite yeah. songs. It's, it's a good. Neil Young song, but it was covered by Annie Lennox, and it's it's so fucking great.
3: It's fantastic, and I think it's a testament. And we're not going to go back down a rabbit hole of American Beauty, but it's a testament to how great that scene is how great that needle drop is and yet how deeply problematic that scene is like it's that is the thing about that movie for me now which is that i the push and pull of that film yeah. is is just is really uh interesting um okay biggest letdown the biggest letdown you're not gonna like this one uh,
2: existence I, I was my biggest letdown. interesting um because let down in I think Like okay. Cronenberg and uh and and that movie has not aged well in my head
3: since we've sat and watched it. Um oh. <laughs> I, I
2: I keep feeling like there's less and less.
3: You know what's there. funny? I I've I was so I was re-listening to uh our episode on the Thomas Crown affair. Which also was on my maybe list. I but. Know. And I and as I was listening to it um after having done our Sixth Sense episode. And it occurred to me that twists are a very big thing for you. That that reveals are are a big I don't mean I don't mean that judgmentally. I just mean like you you love a great twist and you love when a film can do that. I I don't I I don't care as much about that. I've moved more in your direction over the course of these fifty-two. Right. But i But in the past, like just hearing the way you talked about the Sixth Sense. Yes. And how you love a Swiss watch. Yes. which And who doesn't? I wasn't suggesting that I don't. But the reason I bring that up is because I think that Thomas Crown Affair and Existence are both movies that are potentially masquerading as movies with twists Mm -hmm. that maybe don't as successfully stick that landing. And I can see why that might be disappointing to you.
2: I don't think Existence is masquerading. Existence tries to pull it off.
3: Sure. Actively. Yes. Whether it works or not, it, it, it worked a little better for me than it did for you. But you understand where, where, I'm, where I'm coming from. Yeah. I, I.
2: Yes. You're. You're. You're analyzing me perfectly. A failed twist. I mean, this is this was my crazy, stupid love rant in mm-hmm. the Sixth Sense episode. A failed <laughs> twist is yeah. as insulting to me as a viewer <laughs> as as mm. blatant racism. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Better you than your first. <laughs> no, but I mean like it's it's, it's be, insulting. Short yeah. of actually offensive things, it's very offensive <laughs> to me. Well, but. because it
3: it's it I, I think what you're saying is that it's uh it's talking down to its audience. It doesn't think that's right highly of its audience. That's exactly right. And that is totally fair.
2: And and that's and that's the that's the bargain you're signing up for as a filmmaker or screenwriter who tries to write things with a twist. Like if you underestimate your audience. Your audience's intelligence yeah um they will hate you and deservedly so no one likes to be called stupid but if you if you nail their level of intelligence mm-hmm. and their level of perception the way m night Shyamalan managed to do in six Sense it is a bit masterful now you know my my esteem for that movie went down because i do think that there is l- almost no artistry in that movie. It's all craftsmanship. But I do think the 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 craftsmanship is like
1: spectacular.
3: I I I'm I'm reminded of a quote that I I think I've probably dropped a couple of times on this podcast, which is the Billy Wilder quote, which I'm paraphrasing where he says, you know, if you can, if you can let the audience put two and two together, they'll love you forever. And I think it's a fine line because sometimes people are hand holding mm-hmm. and trying to help, you know, usher the audience towards something rather than giving them the opportunity to put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And I think that some films are, are, you know, err on the side of safety, Spielberg being a very prime example of that, mm-hmm. of, of of hand-holding and making sure you understand what he's saying with his movie. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I, sometimes not, but... but just, just the Spielberg point, like even a
2: movie like E.T., yeah. which seems like a kid's movie... Is really kind of you watch it as an adult and it's talking about something very different. I think that movie's amazing, right?
3: It's a perfect movie.
2: I it think, is. Yeah. I think it is. I think and, and I think it works for a three year old and it works for a 90 year old. Um
3: so, so my biggest letdown yeah, was uh in. Acts two and three of Go. Great answer. <laughs> great So I great answer. Yeah. I I love that first act with Sarah Pauly. Mm-hmm you know uh I'll, I'll 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 ride for that every day of the week but when we were walking through vegas and and then the the jay moore uh what the hell's his name wolf scott wolf, wolf. uh the i was like nope <laughs> <Just> no. so, <laughs> nope um but anyway um best sorry uh desert island top three
2: i actually didn't do it <laughs>
3: God damn it, Kenny. I don't know. Kenny just, gives me a list of awards. <laughs> I see him this morning. He's like, some of them I didn't do. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll give you my Desert Island top three. Okay. I mean, I think they're probably, I mean.
2: My Desert Island top three, um, you give it to me, and then, and
3: yeah, then I would Yeah, I mean, for it. me, it's it's Eyes Wide Shut. It's Town to Mr. Ripley. It's Notting Hill. Really? Yeah. All right. Of it, the movies we've covered thus far. Pretty, I
2: mean, I know two of them are definitely Notting Hill and Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Um, no question about that. The third one. It would probably be the Sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's,
3: I, that's I think a good that's one. I, I think
2: those are the three movies that I, yeah. I, I think
3: yeah. Um most missed actor or actress, someone who has who we have lost, uh someone who's died in the in the you know recent
2: I'll give you someone. I have two. I have six. I'll give you someone. Jesus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like he either doesn't do the award or he or just overdoes it. it. Yeah. Uh you want me to go or you wanna go? I'm sure that your two are on my six. But you give give me. Cindy Pollock, yep, Martin Lando,
2: Martin Lando, Martin Lando's not on my list. That's a great answer. I was looking, I was looking for for an older person. Cindy Pollock was the best one I could think of. Five younger people, we lost. Cindy oh, wow. Pollock was on my list, and there are five younger people that we lost that are kind of okay, devastating. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, oh sure, um, Brittany Murphy, mm-hmm, Heath Ledger, mm-hmm, Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> He's the only good part of that movie, yeah, and
3: I, I did think about him, but then I also thought about all the other movies he had done, and i was well, not to say that he deserved to die, obviously, but you know
2: and I'm gonna actually uh say this guy's my most missed the, mm-hmm. the last one mm-hmm. because he is in two movies we've done already, and uh they're both high school movies, he plays completely different roles in them. He's never been considered to be a great actor. I think he was an extremely underrated actor and uh and he could have had another forty years of a career. Paul Walker.
3: Yeah, I thought you were going to say that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't... I, I, I. It was only until I started thinking about what he did in Varsity Blues
3: versus what he did in She's All That. Yeah, um, but then like he did a ton of Fast and Furious movies, which I don't which particularly were, care which about. Which he's good in. Yeah, no, I know, I get he's that. Good and I, and he's again, good in Pleasantville. Again, just to be clear, I'm not saying I don't miss these people, just to be very clear. I, it's sort of an impossible category. The reason that I, I went with the two people that I went with, and all of those names are completely valid... Um, you know, it, it, Schumer Hoffman, who's going to come up again? We're going to talk about him in uh, in Magnolia. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You okay. know, and 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 I think that uh, and flawless and and flawless. Um, yeah, I mean that, that of that list, that him and Heath are the ones that are that, that hit me the most. Um, I think they're obvious ones. I think those are the two obvious ones. Yeah. I think honestly, I think
2: uh, I think all these people and Martin Landau, I miss terribly. But you know, there's something about Paul Walker and also Brittany Murphy that um, there's an unfulfilled potential with both of them oh, to yeah. me.
3: Well, when, when young people die, you
2: and know. yeah, but also you know, you watch Brittany Murphy and Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is really the only role we had of her this year. But we're going to have Cruel uh, Girl Interrupted, Girl Interrupted. Um, maybe another. But she's um, yeah. she's an unbelievable. She was an unbelievable. She was unbelievable. Good actress.
3: She was that. That was definitely that's one that I've um, definitely thought about as well. Uh what what was your worst movie Kenny? My worst movie. We might have the same one but I'm not sure. No, yours is the story of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes minus, is. minus chill factor. Yeah. I mean chill those are the, are the worst those movie. are the two. <laughs> I think <laughs> two. uh I
2: think there's one other movie that we did that was just a revolting pile of garbage trash shit. Which
3: one was that? Um Runaway Bride. Oh, truly hated. Yeah, no I didn't like it either but that's the, the my my argument first story of us being the worst movie we've done thus far um is its intent like what it was att- what it was attempting to do yeah um and and the 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 absolute failure of achieving said goals with a, with a tremendous cast with what what i can only assume is you know Endless, not endless, but like they could do whatever they wanted. They had they had money to make a great prestige studio movie. And the 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 abject failures of those things. I mean, everyone that's listened to our episode obviously can tell that, you know, we we laid into that movie. But I think it's just it's a mixture of worst and disappointing. It's one one of the the great whiffs. Yeah, just absolutely. All time. I mean, it's a great way of putting it,
2: whereas, you know, for me, chill factor Chill factor. I, I honestly like this. Sounds ridiculous. I think it's a great whiff, also because what could have been? Yeah, there was no humor there, yeah. and the premise is so silly, <laughs> like inherently silly, and it was taken so seriously yeah. and so like boring, and 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 everything about it. Everything about it looks drab and dead, and yeah. the performances are terrible. And it's also, the logic is so it's laughable, joyless. joyless and it's a seventy-five million dollar movie um featuring like honestly two actors who I really really like at their peaks yeah. so um and I think like yeah. are kind of in their own way kind of singular actors like there aren't a lot of guys who I mean Skeet Ulrich does Johnny Depp but he's 20 years younger than him and like Cuba there are really a lot of other guys who like have that like warmth and like rooting you want to root for him you want to love him right away
3: what a shame. It's funny because uh, I was talking to uh, two of our guests on a future episode uh, at work the other day. We were talking about and I, I brought up Chill Factor and they had never heard of the movie and <coughs> nor did they know what it was about. So I, I, I just said the log line. And if you say the log line of that movie, you think to yourself, oh, that could be fun. Yeah. it It, it is so inherently like, oh, yeah, that's fun. And yet to make to, <laughs> to fuck it up so hard. Yeah, it's amazing um so we're we we
2: are and we could do it right now if you don't know we're gonna do our recastings yeah you want to do recastings now i want to do a chill factor recasting because let's do it I, that I, on movie, the fly yes that I, movie i didn't, I didn't recast it. i want to get the rights to oh. and redo it the right way and which is oh my just god, please
3: do that i'm going so to recast, try this is, my, this
2: is my thing, thing lately like yeah. taking a page from from yeah. your book you yeah. might who those who don't know about phyllis oh, god jesus christ Phil Leskov made his bones. Uh <laughs> wow. made his name. Um, finding an obscure piece of
3: IP <laughs> called Sleepy obscure. Hollow.
2: No, it's not, but it was in the public domain, which yeah. is so so brilliant, turning it into a successful television show on Fox. And uh and it was that's, actually
3: mixing two pieces of IP, but sure.
2: Well, it was Rip Van, Rip Van Winkle, Winkle. Well, Winkle Well, you know, you added you did one, I did the other. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but um, but that's a brilliant way to do it. And I think that should be what we do right now with Show Factory. I, I mean,
3: I think I think.
2: I can get it. I can get
3: this IP. Here's so. the other thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, yes. But second of all, I, I think also part of the problem with the movie for me is um, I kind of fuck bromances is, is kind of my vibe right now. Like I'm just, I don't need to see two dudes like getting along and, and saving the world. Like I think that there's a, a version of that where it's a guy and a girl or, or it's two girls or something like that. Like I don't, what it's it's one of my issues with that movie is that it doesn't necessarily inherently have to be, this, lethal weapony cop buddy kind of bullshit. Like I actually think that that's one of the sort of more antiquated things about the movie. That what was Skeets' work. job? He worked at a fucking diner or a convenience store or something. But he was also like he was also arrested for like disorderly oh, conduct. He's a,
2: so he's a bad guy. He's just a, a badass. He's just a he's, he's a rogue. He's a bad dude. Yeah. And Cuba is a Cuba as we learned. Cuba is a ice cream truck driver Vendor. um who's just borrowing the car so you don't need yeah. these to be two men no now don't get me wrong i don't want this to be fucking tiffany haddish and melissa McCarthy well, i don't want either. to be hot
3: pursuit either no
2: right like i don't yeah. want like that's yeah. I, I think this works mm-hmm. like i think the 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 movie works in my opinion <laughs> yeah if you have two people who are just playing it pretty straight yeah but it's pretty silly and i like a guy and a girl and I, I'd like one of those people to be um, because, like, it could actually weirdly be
3: kind of a rom-com, rom-com action movie if you did it right. Well, I don't want it to be forces of nature. I don't. Well, I've, I've recast forces of nature, and I've made it better in my recasting. Oh, but, good. But I do think that Phew, someone <laughs> needs to. All right, but, let's do. Yeah. Let, let's do okay. the.
2: Let's do the. I mean, all right. So here's the, one of the reasons I think that it might have been a bromance because okay. it is speed. It's speed with temperature. As opposed to speed with speed, that's, that's what so it maybe it should just be called maybe. temperature. But <laughs> instead at a chill factor. But, Sounds but like a sexy I w- movie. I don't want it to be. I honestly, you know, it should be fucking. It should be like who I would recast it with. Like mm. straight up right now, I would recast it with.
0: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Um, Billy Eichner. Oh, I'm already in. And I would cast with Billy Eichner in the Cuba roll. Yeah. And I would put someone like, I swear to God, it would be so good and everyone would watch it. I'd put like um Emily Blunt in the skeet roll. <laughs> and it would be, or like Rose Byrne, maybe That's more fun. likely. That's fun. Um, yeah. Or like someone else who's just fucking bad, but or like Michelle Rodriguez, like it would be awesome. Oh, that,
3: I would watch the shit out of that <laughs> if it was Billy. Eichner. Watch that, yeah. But like that, or be, Billy Eichner with like uh, a Chris Evans, or like a you know what I mean, or, or one of the Chris. Just
2: play it, but then just but from there,
3: yeah, just fucking play it straight.
2: If you have Billy Eichner doing this stuff, I'm so much more yeah. there for her. But I want—I I, I do. I want to be a woman I agree. Who, uh, who, like a Rose Byrne could pull it off. Like, just pull off yeah. badass.
3: Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I think it's just. Boom, let's do it. I yeah, will get the I, rights. Let's do it. I'll call I'm Billy's in. agent. Uh, so I recast Double Jeopardy and Forces of Nature. Mm-hmm. In my recasting of Double Jeopardy, Margot Robbie, Jeff Bridges, and Jake Hall.
2: Why did you choose this movie? Because you also have to like tell me why like this movie's viable. Because it's hardly viable.
3: <laughs> end. I well, I chose two movies that I think are uh inherently not well executed. And I think a lot of it does hinge on some of your casting. Ouch. My I, girl Ashley. I, I like Ashley Judd, but I guess part of the issue is the movie. I mean, first of all, it needed like it needed a pass on the script because there's just some machinations that are just a little bit silly. But I also feel like though this casting of Margot, Jeff, and Jake feel like guys and girls that would get it. Like part of the problem with Double Jeopardy is that the cast is taking it far too seriously, or at least actually Judd is taking it far too seriously. I think Margot Robbie would have this kind of an edge to her, but also sort of a there's a playfulness. I look at what she did in Itania, and it's like. She can play meta that I think this movie needed. Um, I would take so. that
2: movie. I would personally, if I were if I were redoing that movie,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I would turn the the eroticism up about fifty yeah. percent.
3: Well, I thought about that too,
2: and I yeah, I'd make it more of a of a but like Esther Hoss like and,
3: and and Mag- and Margot Robbie.
2: I would, but I would like those. Like I love Gyllenhaal, and, like kind of you know Nightcrawler type stuff, right? Um, and I would turn the I would turn the eroticism up, and I would uh, I would make it feel Estrohazi.
3: Yeah, it feels too Grisham. Yes, it feels like it feels like bad Grisham when it needs to feel. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. More tawdry. Uh, Force of nature. Ugh. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Already, already love it. James McAvoy in the in the Ben Affleck role. Th- this is a much better movie. And Anna Kendrick in the Mauritania role and
2: they and they still get together in the yeah. end um
3: like so? I, I i mean first of all i also i also bet between and, and i assume steve zahn plays steve zahn still yeah obviously okay yeah, yeah, i mean and he looks the same uh i i also thought about emma stone in the scarlett johansson role which i don't want to see that as much i know i and the only other guy that i thought of was andrew garfield
2: i have a question mm. are we over emma stone as a society?
3: I don't think so. I think the favorite's going to get everybody back on her train. Because the okay. favorite looks fantastic. and but she's. Like, I'm not dying to see, like, the Emma Stone, like... I'm dying to see Emma Stone do something... The, here's the problem. Is that, like, La La Land sort of checked every box yeah. of what people think they want from yeah. Emma Stone? So... I think she. I think it's smart for her to like pivot towards a period drama where she plays a Brit and and apparently she's like, very a good like a weird ass. Like a we right yeah. So I I think that's interesting. I didn't finish Maniac, so I don't know. Um, I don't. I'm certainly not over her. I do love her, but I'm also like she needs to do something that right. makes me care again. But not
2: not to be a dick and say we're over. At, at, at stone, uh, what are your
3: recasts? I just did it. Oh, that, you're done. Okay, that, okay. that's enough uh i know that shit uh okay why don't we let's let's just dive into our uh so my best picture nominees you're going right to best picture that's not how you do the oscars you want to do best supporting
2: first no i I want to go i want to do you you want to you want to screenplay and and okay let's do screenplay you want a screenplay and director so let's start with screenplay okay because we are writers
3: we are writers uh, my nominations, I'm just, I, I didn't do adapted and uh Why would you? That would be crazy. It would, it would be crazy. Uh, Paul Schrader, Bringing Out the Dead. Anthony Minghella, Talented Mr. Ripley. M. Night Shyamalan, Sixth Sense. Alan Ball, American Beauty. And David Cronenberg for Existence.
2: Oof. You don't have my winner.
3: Really? Which I'm shocked by. Really? Lord.
2: My nominees are give your not you give your... You give your win? My winner was Alan
3: Ball. That's the only... You gave American Beauty best screenplay? I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Alan Ball. And it's like, it was it was a formative movie. And, and he's, he's you know, arguably, you know, one of my favorite writers. And I just... The nominees are... Paul Schrader,
2: Bringing Out the Dead. Sure. Richard Curtis, Notting Hill. M. Night Shyamalan, Sixth Sense. Lona Williams, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And my winner is Stanley Kubrick and Frederick Raphael Eyes Wide Shut. What I is going on? I thought
3: about it. <laughs> I, what is going on? <laughs> I, you know, it was... I honestly didn't... Because well, I think that if I'm being completely honest, the screenplay for Eyes Wide Shut is not the thing that I think of when I think of that movie. Like, it's, It's just... I don't think that the script itself is... I mean, it's certainly not bad, but, you know, I, I just, I yeah, you know, I don't know what to tell you.
2: My screenplay of the first 52. And we'll see how it holds up I as mean, we get
3: into some of the more... I am, I am, Eyes Wide Shutty is fucking packed through all of my nominees, basically, in every other category. So, you know.
2: Well, so, just something okay. that's... Oh, my dad's calling me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, something that's kind of fun to me. <laughs> oh, and I think I picked up. Hi, Dad. Hi, oh, Dad. Hey, you're on the podcast right now. You want to say hi? Hi. Hello. Hello, Mr. Nybart. Okay. What's the game plan? Wait, no, you're actually literally on the podcast. I got to hang up. This
3: this was fantastic. Love you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. He thought it was a bit. He thought it was a bit. He was bit, like, okay, so
2: what's going on today? He loves the podcast. Well, he's going to be a, on it now. He's a big fan. He doesn't want me to curse as much. So I well, won't curse as much, right. Dad. All right, so, so we put it, uh, in, oh, one, one thing I was going to say, was, something that's fun about uh, these mm-hmm. are what we're doing right now is I don't see Eyes Wide Shut even being a nominee for me oh, at wow. the end of the whole run oh, it's because absolutely we absolutely going to be for me. No, I'm talking about the end of the whole... Oh, Okay screenplay I mean yes, at the yes, end of the yes. whole yes. run because we still have B.I.N.J. Malkovich, Magnolia Three Election Three Kings Matrix yeah. Fight Club I mean yeah. I don't know what's gonna what's gonna yeah. hold up yeah, I and I wouldn't have expected this to be my best totally screenplay agree. going into it but that's kind of a fun thing that we're doing who do you got for best director
3: best director Martin Scorsese Reno of the Dead Stanley Kubrick Eyes Wide Shut Anthony Minghella Talented Mr. Ripley Sam Mendes American Beauty and Kimberly Pierce for Boys Don't Cry and your winner is? This was really tough. It's 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 a toss up between Kubrick and Kimberly Pierce, but I'm I gave it to Kimberly Pierce. Really?
2: Yeah. Both nominees for me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Stanley
2: Kubrick, Kimberly Pierce, Tom Tickver. Oh yeah. For the run, the run. Yeah. Y- y- you might start to sense a trend with his next one. Michael Patrick Jan for Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the winner is yeah oliver stone any given sunday oh my god
0: that's
3: oliver god, stone I mean, yeah any given sunday. any given sunday only gets one nomination from me uh but yeah i mean i i you're gonna sense a trend for me too like there's movies american beauty
2: maybe that's the trend i'm
3: sensing so far <laughs> <laughs> it, is that actually yeah i mean sure i i i think it I didn't I, I didn't give it to Sam Mendez, even though I do think he directed that film quite well. I mean, I, I think that American Beauty did not deserve to win everything now in hindsight that it won back in nineteen ninety-nine, but I still think it should be in the in the conversation. Um do you want to do best actor? Well, you got supportings, right? Yeah. Let's do supportings. Um, yeah, let's do
2: supportings.
3: Okay. Um that supporting actress was really hard for me. But
2: I actually I want to I want to take one second. I gave a special award. I couldn't really oh. fit this this actor anywhere. But I okay. think I do have like the an act the actor of the first fifty two. Uh-huh. Uh for me, an award I made up on the spot and didn't tell me about. Him. I bet, but I bet she's I bet she's nominated for you somewhere. And I'm sure she is. Kirsten Dunst. Yes, she is. She couldn't quite fit. She's MVP. Almost every role she played, her three main roles this year, three roles were were straddling lead and supporting. And um, I didn't really feel like putting any uh, any one of them Mm -hmm. in either. Uh, But I do want to note that she was in Dick, she was in Virgin Suicides, and she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous, Gorgeous, and she was spectacular in every one of them. And shows the range of those three performances is incredible. Yes, and I think she was only 18 or 19 or something like that. So really... Um, I'm so happy that she's a, she's a fixture again on I the heard. scene because she really did have a good, like long time, six, seven, eight years where she was almost uncastable. So, yeah. um, she really, she, she's an incredible actor. I actually, I expect her to win like one or two Oscars in her life. Um, as she, as it goes on and on. And yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's
3: wonderful. She's apparently a very good director in her own right. That seems what to does be she does She directed a short or she's, she's prepping a feature of some sort, but, um, so Cool. Uh, best supporting actress
2: the best supporting actress you want me to do you want me to go first do it i, I did one other thing with these nominees oh, on my own i added a dark horse these are actors um who just weren't going to get nominated in the in the nybart 52 and <laughs> review awards but i felt like I, I felt like i had to make mention of them so for best actress my dark supporting horse, sorry supporting okay was I, I wanted to, to note Alison Hannigan's performance in American Pie. The only saving grace in that movie. I that's a that's a worthy uh, a worthy. I'm so excited to see your reactions to my best supporting actress winner. Okay. Nominees are Chloe Sevigny Boys Don't Cry. Mhm. Gina McKee Notting Hill. Mhm. Antonia San Juan All About My Mother. Wow. Tony Collette Six Sense. And the winner is Sarah Michelle Gellar, Cruel Intentions, <laughs> ridiculous,
3: ridiculous.
2: <laughs>
3: um, she is in the truly movie. Truly, one of the great performances in the history of film. She is. You know, I, have, I Cruel Intentions weighed heavy on me as I was doing these because I, I do like the movie. I just have a very complicated. That's a movie that's also problematic now, and we we didn't really talk about a that. little bit. We talked about it for two and a half hours of how problematic that movie is. For I, Tom Bison. I, well, I know because like, because because Tom decided
2: to make the podcast about one scene, but it, it's it's a little bit problematic. Um, he does get his comeuppance by dying, and you know, I I, I we also talked to Roger Cumble about that particular did. scene. Yeah, no, I so I mean, we we certainly have we certainly have have dealt I, with it. I'm not about to like just like how you're giving American Beauty every award. I'm not gonna throw every this, award. I'm not gonna throw this baby out with the bathwater when it comes to one of my all-time favorite movies, which didn't even make my top five.
3: Here's what here's what I'll say is I don't first of all I don't disagree. And when I say it's problematic, I just think that the film, and this is I believe that this is its its curse and its blessing, which is that it lives on the razor's edge of its tone. And sometimes it falls and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it's brilliant. And when it does, it's disappointing. And that's all I'm saying. So the movie just I hold it in high esteem. I do like it. Uh, I like it a lot. It's got great stuff in it. I fully support you giving Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, the award. I think she's great in the movie. That's all I want. My nominees. uh, Sarah Pauly for Go. Very nearly a nominee for me. Sissy Spacek for The Straight Story. Very nearly a nominee for me. Nicole Kidman for Eyes Wide Shut. Uh. Slowise Venge.
2: I nominated her in a different category,
3: best actress. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, indeed. she doesn't have enough. I mean, I guess it depends on how you. Yeah, was, the hours uh, was also pretty low in terms of. Uh, screen tough time. to say. Tough to say. Uh, Chloe Sevigny, Sevigny. However, sorry, you say her name. Boys Don't Cry and Tony Collette for Six Cents, and I gave it to Tony Collette.
2: I thought you might. Great um, choice. That was, not, that
3: was a really tough one for me because I think those I love all those performances. And
2: I, oh, I was tough for me too because, um, I love all the performances you named. Yeah. I love Sarah Polly. She was on my list until I found someone I liked more. Um, and who is the other one that, that you
3: just Sissy Spacek?
2: Sissy Spacek was on my list in the beginning too,
3: but she just does so much with very little screen time. Yeah, and she just breaks your fucking heart in that movie yeah. by saying nothing. But I knew I knew who my winner was as soon as
2: uh, as soon as I, I as soon as you. Yeah, I saw the movie.
3: Uh, best supporting actor.
2: I got a dark horse in this. It goes right. to my man, Samuel L. Jackson. He's, I gave Lucy. him a nomination, though. You gave him a nomination. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nominees are yeah. Moritz Bleib True in Run on the Run, Robert Carlisle in Ravenous, hmm. Jude Law, Talented Mr. Ripley, and to be honest with you, I had a hard time coming up with a fifth, so I went to Haley Joel Osmond in Six Sense. It's
3: interesting. I have I have similar nominations. Well, I, but
2: my winner. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my winner is not one of those guys. My winner is the person who I think got your nomination from any given Sunday. Jamie Foxx. No, nope. that's who wins my
3: best supporting <laughs> actor. <laughs> I was wrong. Jamie Foxx, Any given Sunday. He is very good in that movie. Mm-hmm. He is very good in that movie. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Samuel Jackson, Jude Law, Robert Carlyle. Haley Joel Osman, Sydney Pollock, Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it to Haley Joel Osman. Oh wow. Good for you. Cause I feel like Huh! You <laughs> gave both your best supporting actors to six cents.
2: I gave my I gave my huh. best supporting actor to six cents, yeah. I, I think I'm surprised by both of those. But I'm le- I'm I'm more surprised by this because this is crazy and I'm I'm super impressed to be honest with you. But the uh I want to talk about the Tony Collette thing. Mm-hmm. We, we we talked about this a lot. Tony Collette, Chloe Sevigny, who actually won the award?
0: Angelina, Angelina. we haven't
2: done it yet. Yeah. Um. So Tony Collette, Chloe Sevigny, which one was better? I'm a little surprised based on our conversations from those two podcasts that you went with Tony Collette.
3: I think that, I mean, listen, I love both the performances, and this is you know th- this is in its own way sort of a fool's errand of like saying it was apples and oranges, but I think that. I'm a sentimental guy and I think the Tony Collette's performance just just breaks my heart. She just gets like the um, she is the beating heart of that movie. She's the MVP of that movie. As I said on our podcast about The Sixth Sense, Um, I just she just breathes a life into it for me. Um, And then not to say that Chloe doesn't in Boys Don't Cry, but they're just they're very different performances. Um, I also think that there's a little bit and this is not Chloe's fault at all, but fact bleeds into it a little bit too of what actually transpired mm-hmm. and the actual person she's portraying and there's a little bit of blurriness going on there that that maybe isn't fair but bleeds into the performance a little bit as to how I perceive it now interesting um and haley Joel is just like watching it again i was just like this like it's just it is a breathtaking performance it really really is i'm i it's a breathtaking <laughs> award that you gave <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Haley Jalazman. But yeah. I'm
2: I'm I'm amazed. All right. Best actor? Best actor. Best actor. The best actor. Mm-hmm. All right. So you gave a you gave a nomination to life, you said. Yes, I did. My I dark we... my dark horse is Martin Lawrence for life.
3: I gave I gave him a gave him a real nomination.
2: nomination. Yeah. Maybe I should have just given these guys nominations. I just wanted to do six. That's really what it came down Apparently. to. Apparently. <laughs> um, so my four nominees who didn't win. Mm-hmm. oh I fucked up I had a gift for you I forgot it well I'll give it to you at a, at a later date okay um my four nominees I mean I gave Martin Lawrence a, a fucking dark horse and I, I gave a real nomination to Brandon Frazier from <laughs> Blast from the Past
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, did, he, I did think about it Brandon Fraser, Blast from the Past Ryan Felipe Cruel Intentions mm-hmm. Hugh Grant Notting Hill
1: mm-hmm.
2: Nicholas Cage Bringing Out the Dead mm-hmm. which I have a feeling is the guy who won for you my winner's Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut. Wow. Um, I didn't nominate Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut. I, I bet you forgot about him. I didn't. But Tom Cruise and Eyes Wide Shut. He's great. He's great. Uh, Was fucking. Yeah. It was just the best. It was just. It was the, it, <laughs> the best performance. It's interesting because, you know, at the end of this whole run, he may wind up winning Best Supporting Actor for Magnolia. Magnolia. But. Um, and he's amazing. In it. I think he's. A really strong contender to win Best Actor at the end of this, too, for Eyes Wide Shut. I can't, off the top of my head, think of a performance I like more than his in Eyes Wide Shut. I think it's an incredible performance.
3: Please. My nominees, mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence for Life, Hal mm-hmm. Pacino for Any Given Sunday. Interesting. Richard Farnsworth for The Straight Story. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage for Bringing Out the Dead. Didn't win. And Josh Artnett for The Virgin Suicides. Oh, wait, wait. One of those people won.
2: Richard Farnsworth for this straight story. That's night. a great answer. Josh Hartnett was not, um, best, was not, that's category fraud. He was not an, a best actor.
3: Okay. You do what you do,
2: you do your thing. <laughs> okay. I mean, but I, I think, I don't even know where he fucking is on the call sheet. Is he even
3: in the top five? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably, I don't know. He was great. That, I mean, I, I, you know, I had a tough time with best actor actually coming up with nominees a little bit. Um, uh, Richard Farnsworth is is hands down the best. It's a performance. Great answer. It's a great answer. I just and I and I think I said it when we did the straight story that I wish he had won the yeah. award uh, when it actually did happen um, in real life. I just think he just was amazing. I I. It's also of all of these nominees, in my opinion, he's in every scene you know he is just it that movie can't exist without that performance uh on a purely just a logistical level but he i, I thought he was fantastic nicholas cage might have he probably would have been my number two i'm
2: surprised he did he, nicholas to be honest with you was Tom cruise nicholas cage nicholas cage Tom cruise what i got you was a giant t-shirt with nicholas cage's face on it fantastic but it's only his face there are no other colors
3: i can't wait yeah it's great i can't great. believe i didn't bring it well from is it from a specific film or is it just a it's a just a big picture of his
2: face? no no it's not no no it's not like it's a white shirt with a frame of, around his face like okay. it, like his face around the sleeves oh great like his eyes are like near your nipples that sounds terrifying his, cool his tummy I can't it, wait his, great. Tummy, yeah. his his mouth is your tummy um, uh, best actress best actress dark horse <laughs> god had to give one shout out to the most surprising best awesome movie of the year Jenna Elfman in at TV
3: <laughs> love it
2: um, that's
3: fantastic
2: no real nominee but she got a mm-hmm. dark horse. Okay. Um, my only American beauty nominee for actor and actress goes to Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. Franca Potente, Ronald Little Run. Great call. Or Franca Potente. Nicole Kidman, Eyes Wide Shut. Julia Roberts, Notting Hill. And the winner, obviously, Angelina Jolie, Bone Collector. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? Hillary Swag. Okay, thank you. I knew that that's your winner too, right? Yeah, no, she's my winner. Yeah. Um I also have Annette Benning on there. I also have Julie Roberts on there. Mm -hmm. My other two nominees are Kristen Dunce and Michelle Williams from Dick.
2: You you gave them both nominees? Nations? Both nominations? Yes. I think they're That surprises me, man. You're you're I don't know, you're make you're trying to
3: make some kind of point. (laughs) (laughs) God forbid. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I just they were both just so fucking great in that movie. We don't see either of them do comedies anymore, or quite frankly, lead performances in, in things anymore. Yeah, I mean, she, Michelle part. Williams does, but yeah, um, you know, and 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 she she does put in a, a very funny performance in uh, I Feel Pretty, actually. But you know, I just they're just they're they were just so fucking great in that movie. Like I, I watched that film, and I'm just I'm floored by their comedic abilities in a in a in such a great movie. So, so well,
2: one thing I, I noticed about your awards mm-hmm. is um, you didn't include Run, Lola, Run. Is there a reason for that?
3: Uh, Run, Lola, Run is on my best picture. It's my number six of my best picture What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Well, I picked five best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. And it I didn't know if we were doing only five or because best picture has expanded. To its 10? To 10. So,
2: all right. So, let's, all right. Phil and I had a miscommunication, and the miscommunication is, I kind of assumed our top ten would be in place of a best picture, and you, which did I, which both. I'm complete, which I'm fair doing, but I think that there's, I, I like your system, okay. if you can explain it to me, <laughs> which is essentially,
3: but you know you like it,
2: um, no, well I'm what I'm gonna what I'm gonna suggest is top ten are our top ten favorite, and best picture, is what we consider to be, the best picture in the way the Oscars do, and the way I always looked at it is, best picture is canonization. Right? Yeah. Um, and your favorite movie, my favorite movie of this year. And to be honest, we've watched my favorite movie so far. We haven't done it yet. I'm not gonna say what it is, but we've watched my favorite movie of the year. You know what it is. I think I do. And that would never win best picture. <laughs> no. Um we've not done the episode for you. We've not done the episode, but we're doing it soon. And uh, it it would be number one on my top ten list, but I wouldn't And it is a perfect picture and yeah. I wouldn't do best picture for it. So I, I can do a a, be, a five best picture on the fly okay, with so. a, with what I would pick, would vote for vet, for best picture, and then we could do our personal top tens. Yeah,
0: okay.
3: Go for it. You do yours. Eyes wide shut, talented Mr. Ripley, Boys Don't Cry, Notting Hill, American Beauty, Run Lola Run. Those are your six. Yeah. All right. Best pictures.
2: My best picture nominees. If we're doing it like that. Yeah. Um one, two, three, four, five. We're doing six. Let's do I'm I'm only gonna do, okay. do five. Okay. Uh, it's the same as my fucking top top five.
3: Yeah, it's my it's basically it's close, gonna to be
2: a it's different, close to mine. It's gonna be a different winner though. Um Boys Don't Cry, Eyes Wide Shut, mm-hmm. Run Lola Run, Notting Hill, any given Sunday.
1: Okay.
3: And Your winner? my what I would vote for. Is eyes wide shut. So, look at us. See, uh, my my top ten. Mm-hmm. Eyes wide shut. It, Talented Mr. Ripley. This is in. This is just. This is in order, from top to bottom. Top to bottom.
2: So, you just gave me your one. Give me your one again. Eyes
3: wide, eyes wide, shut. wide shut. Yeah. Talented Mr. Talented Mr. Ripley. Ripley. Bringing out the dead. Notting Hill. Run Lola Run. Virgin suicides. Boys don't cry. Drop a gorgeous. Existence and at TV. Ours is very similar.
2: From top to from bottom to top,
3: oh, just to make things. Yeah, I just yeah.
2: I like a good reveal. Okay, number ten. Yeah, Ed TV. <laughs> that was your ten. Got to get it on there. Number nine, Six Sense. Okay, which had all your best at supporting actors, but didn't make your list. Number eight, Bringing Out the Dead. Sure. Number seven, Cool Intentions. Number six, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Number five, Boys Don't Cry. Now again, these are personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Number four, Eyes Wide Shut. Number three, Run, Lola, Run. Number two, Notting Hill. And my number one favorite movie of the year so far, Any Given Sunday. Wow. Um, And if you want to know why, please refer
3: back to our Any Given (laughs) Sunday episode. I mean, I really liked Any Given Sunday. uh, And the episode did wonders in terms of giving me a new appreciation for it. Because I did... I didn't love it in 99. I found it I found it a a, a bit of a slog mm-hmm. to watch and then, you know, recontextualizing it did help. It's not on my list as you know, but um But I but I would imagine it would be on the next 10. I would be for sure. Maybe for sure. even the next 5. Yeah.
2: Um do you want to do a little preview for what we yeah. have coming forward cuz well, I, I I did a massive massive preview. I
3: wow, I have I have 5 movies that I'm excited to cover. All right, I have like 30. But okay. Okay. Uh, and then I have four movies that I'm nervous to cover. Um, One, two, three, four, five. I uh, have five. Um, you know, so I'll just talk about the, the uh, movies I'm excited to cover.
2: I also have a bunch that I'm excited for the podcast and not the film. <laughs> okay. Sure.
3: <laughs> So you what, made this so much more difficult than it needed to be by going off book and not sending help, me the list. Couldn't of, help myself. Yeah. I was just like I was just running with it when I was just sitting there with my um, phone. So here are five movies I'm excited to cover. I'm excited to cover Girl on the Bridge. Oh, me too. Which I'm really excited about. Uh, South Park, mm-hmm. uh, the Astronaut's Wife. Really? I'm excited to cover. Okay, uh, Three Kings mm-hmm. and Teaching Mrs. Tingle.
2: You're excited to cover
3: Teaching Mrs. Tingle? I am. What a fucking year.
2: <laughs> um, so I, my excited for is a little more like, I want the audience to yeah, have, no, a, get that. have a sense of what we have coming up still. Just, if you think that we've done everything that we could do for this year, you are wrong. <laughs> because we still have to come. We have a lot. B and John Malkovich, Magnolia, Election, Three Kings, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. If I could, the Iron Giant, Toy Story 2, Man on the Moon, Office space, Galaxy Quest, Pushing Tin, Ghost Dog, Big Daddy, Random Hearts. That's what I'm excited
3: for. Yeah, I, I yeah no, I didn't. I should have done a better job selling people on the future of our podcast.
2: We got a lot coming. Well, those are just the ones that I'm just I'm excited for. without reservations. Yep, I'm nervous for. Go ahead. You want to do the your other sister? The other sister's on my nervous for list. Audition not on my nervous for list. Baby geniuses. On my excited for the podcast, not excited for the film list. <laughs> and Jacob the liar. Bi- Bicentennial man made mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, I'm also nervous for, as you know, Julian Donkey Boy, because I don't want to watch that
3: movie. I, I have a weird feeling that you're going to actually really enjoy talking about that movie.
2: Um, I've, I've been nervous for Matrix and Fight Club from the beginning. I think there's just, I think there's, I think there's a lot there. For both of those movies. Um, A lot to cover in one podcast. And I don't think we ultimately will do one podcast for either one of them. And uh, so many angles. And they've become, as much as any two movies I can think of, um, property of the internet. And Yeah, there's been a million think pieces about both of those movies. Those movies are just property of the internet right now. And, um, you know, I I think we might wait another 52 to
3: even get into them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly feel that way about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Fight Club feels like something that we want to really kind of, when we do it, do it right and really unpack it. So I don't know if we do it in the next round, but I could see us doing Matrix.
2: We have we have ideas for the Matrix. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, this is a crazy answer for my other one I'm nervous for. But over the course <laughs> of the last year, and especially in light of the recent trailer that dropped, I think there's a lot that's fucking going into this Pokemon the movie. <laughs> I think that, I think, po- I well, think Pokemon, Michael Natale
3: better help us with he that.
2: He is coming on because I think Pokemon, well, I don't know anything about Pokemon. I think Pokemon the movie and Pokemon culture is also property of the internet and is a lot more, it's a lot deeper and more complex than I think we are prepared
3: to handle. <laughs> well, so, he's a detective now. Detective Pikachu.
1: Yeah, he, he's a detective.
2: He's a detective. It's just, it's different. Now. He's a detective. The way Barbie is a astrophysicist, you know, like. But
3: he's got, he got a hat. And a, Pikachu
2: and could do any job. Pikachu's That's got a hat it. and a trench coat now. It, the, the movie looks amazing, and I will be there opening weekend. <laughs> um, but I think Pokemon
3: the movie is going to be exciting. I just want to say too that so Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu came up on Blank Check. I don't know a handful of episodes ago because uh, there was like rights issues with Pokemon. And I guess... I don't know what studio it is that is distributing this movie or made this movie. But I think it's universal. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they thought they got the rights to the entire oeuvre of Pokemon, but it turns out they could only have the Pikachu
2: character. That's not true. There's a Squirtle in there. I saw it. There's Whoa. several Squirtles, right, Rob? I think so, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my, point, my point is they couldn't get the entire universe. So what happened was they got kind of cornered into a into a specific character. So this Detective Pikachu character like they made him a detective because that was how they could basically run with this character like it's really weird what they're doing it's a it's it's a like gymnastics of ip that i'm that i'm with with all due respect
2: yes that little run you just had is exactly why i'm nervous about this
1: (laughs) (laughs) podcast
2: yeah um all right so some movies that i'm looking forward to the podcast i think they're going to make fantastic podcasts even if
3: they're just garbage movies Totally do, right? Well, yeah, see, here's, I just want to, I, I yes, I fully agree with you. Astronaut's Wife and Teaching Mrs. Tingle fall into this category that, that category. you're talking about.
2: That's cool. Baby Geniuses, My Favorite Martian. <laughs> I Bison. don't know why
3: that's going to be a great episode. Uh, I, I don't know, there's a <laughs> lot there.
2: There's a lot there. There's, <laughs> there's a lot like there. so much to unpack. My um, Favorite Martian. I don't know if it's going to be your favorite Martian. Bison, Bad. Uh, um, I mean, that's going to be a great episode. It's a movie called Lost and Found. Which is oh, a David, David Spade, Spade dog movie. And and one point I wanted to make is <laughs> I went Spade down the fifty-two movie. movies we did this year, fifty-one uh, movies this year, and they all fell into basically four categories. They were either uh teen movies, trailblazers, prestige movies, or there were a bunch of old fashioned big budget movies, yeah. a ton of them. Yeah. There were two movies I couldn't really put into any boxes. One is Notting Hill. I really couldn't fit into any box.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um It was a little old-fashioned, but I thought the storytelling in that movie is so revolutionary that it's 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 nothing like other rom-coms. The other one was Deuce Bigelow, which is not not any kind of revolutionary movie, but we have almost no low-budget comedies this year.
3: We're about to cover
2: one. We're about to cover one. Superstar? We are. We're about to cover one in Superstar and Lost and Found and Love Stinks, which is a a weird French stort movie. Also, falling. So these low-budget comedies—that's interesting—are the fucking worst. Um, okay, Inspector Gadget, Omega Man, oh, which yeah. I have two copies of.
3: Thank God, because I
2: don't know how I'm going to watch that. Yet. And the movie I keep trying to get Phil to do, Breakfast of Champions. We will get to Breakfast of Champions. I, yeah, I, I can't wait to do it. How can you? How can you get yeah. like a Kurt Vonnegut movie? And have it make like two hundred thousand dollars with Bruce Willis, and nobody cares. You're going to
3: find out, Kenny, when you watch it because I watched it back in. 99. Let's do it soon. Yeah, we can do it. It's. I think it's what I'm interested to unpack in that episode, and obviously, you know, when we get to it, it, it is a failure of adaptation and how some books cannot be movies. Um, they just don't. they book can be a movie. Well, okay. I I feel like Kerr Vonnegut and and, and Tom Robbins fall in similar categories. I don't know if you've ever read any of Tom Robbins books or if you ever saw even cowgirls get the blues, the Gus Van Sant adaptation with Uma Thurman. No, but some books are either too surreal or too out there or are running with sort of weird narrative, metatextual, what have you that they just don't translate. And, and that's just, that's just a fact. Some things are just better or belong on the page. And, and, and there isn't a visual narrative way to actually depict them on screen. And Breakfast of Champions, I think, falls into that category. I've
2: so. never seen the book. I'm never, sorry, I've never seen the movie. Yeah, it's a great um, book. It's a great book. Yeah. And I love Kurt Vonnegut. As do I. And obviously, there's never been a great Kurt Vonnegut movie.
3: But Some people really like Slaughterhouse-Five. I've never that, seen it. That movie's that. very
2: old, right? I've never 30, seen it. 30, 40 yeah. years old. Yeah, I never. can't imagine anyone likes it in any other way other than an anthropological um, kind of study of what it was like to, or or, or what it meant to try to adapt that insane, I think amazing that books, book.
3: I think we are very lucky right now that we have the medium, that, that the television medium is being sort of done the way it's being done right now. Because it it allows us to do service to books that are just either too long or too dense or too sort of difficult, quote unquote, to squeeze into two hours or what have you. In a movie theater, and get it released, and do like a perfect example of this is I don't know how the Goldfinch is going to work. I don't know how mm-hmm. you adapt a book that's that dense and that long and covers that much time. Is that g- being it's adapted a as a movie? It's being done as a movie.
2: So I feel like sometimes they they misplace that. That's like, I my mean. I'm pretty sure sharper Sharp Objects was misplaced as a. As I would a agree with you on just not, show. I didn't
3: think there was enough story there.
2: No, yeah. whereas it seems like you know, my wife's read all the My Brilliant Friend, all the Atlanta Ferrante
3: novels, and it seems like that is perfectly this is suited sort of, exactly for an HBO well miniseries. like the 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 example that i always think of is cavalier and clay mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that someday i hope someone yeah. has the rights to Correct and point. does it and makes it into an eight or ten part miniseries and does it properly and and rather than having to you know excavate the the best portions of it or the ones that are the most narrative in order to make it into a film so i this is sort of a long way of saying that and i don't even know the brexit champions necessarily needs to be an eight-part miniseries i don't necessarily think that's true They're trying to make sirens of titan into a tv show now they're uh what's his face uh noah Hawley is trying to do uh cat's cradle yeah for fx i don't know if that'll Which would work by the way i think so too yeah cat's cradle that's, got a, that's yes. got a universe and, a, and a, whereas brexit champions doesn't just doesn't have the scope yeah I, I, we'll talk about I'm, I'm now I'm now excited to to do it so you've got me on board now Kenny so many
2: exciting <laughs> movies coming up yeah in the next 52 weeks of this podcast
3: um it's gonna be we've got we've got some really big ones coming up up top hopefully uh to, to release around Christmas and uh and into the new year and we have some really exciting plans for two, 2019 2019 the 20
2: year anniversary of every one of these movies
3: and we're so, hoping to uh, to celebrate with some release dates of specific films, in ways that 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 you can't possibly imagine.
2: Phil, it's been quite a ride so far. It has,
3: it has. I'm excited to to keep doing it. All right, All thank right. you. And
2: also, we we should note we have our engineer back. We have. We our do. Producer we have Rob back. back. He's Rob back. is yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> Rob came back for the he 52. He's wearing a tux. He's looking great. <laughs> um, shaved most of his face. And next uh, week, it's great to have you back, Rob. It's so great to have you you back. Thank you so much, Rob. No more
3: seat fillers. No, (laughs) a lot of seat fillers. Uh, Next week, (laughs) next week, next week, we are doing Superstar. We're doing Superstar with two writers from Station 19, a writing team: Molly Green, James Leffler. They are amazing. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun episode. Never met these people. (laughs) <laughs> and it's gonna be I think you know it's the Molly Shannon Will Ferrell SNL movie mm-hmm. uh, I think we're gonna talk SNL movies in general can't wait to do this episode I think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah um, so we uh, I'm at PM Iscove on Instagram and Twitter we're at podcastlike1999 please tweet us uh, please rate review subscribe Kenny is at Nybart on Twitter uh, thank you for listening thank you for listening podcast like it just podcast like it podcast like it's 1999
1: podcast like, 1999. like it you want a podcast like it podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it just podcast like it podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it you want a podcast like it 1999